The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. So like I said, uh, we are in a multiply series in which we are not only going through the book of Acts, uh, but we are also talking about our church. Uh, our church is an acronym, um, and our, our church, uh, the acronym stands for Adventure Community Transformation Sending. Um, and so it's a really neat thing to be able to look at the first church uh, listed in the book of Acts uh, and see how our church is, is a mirror of that. And so the first week we talked about Acts Church Leander, and, and Gabe talked a lot about how we are multiplying followers and we are sending changed people into a changing world. Last week, Barrett uh, listed out his vision for Acts Church Northwest, but he also talked about how we as a church are, are loved by God and sent by God, and so therefore we will love people to be sent by God as well. This, t- this week, we're talking about new patterns in our life, and uh, we just read over a passage about the church at Antioch. And uh, if you know or not, we, up to this point, we have been uh, supporting a ministry called Axe Antioch, uh, which meets in a coffee shop called Roasters in Cedar Park. And uh, starting January 31st, uh, we will be launching as Axe Church Antioch. Uh, it's a really cool time uh, in which we are going to see God transform this ministry and multiply it. But today we're just going to be talking about how new patterns transform and multiply Jesus' followers. Um, I think that it's really interesting because we are, are by nature creatures of habit. Uh, we just have these habitual things that we do, whether we know it or not. Um, we have the same routine. And I think that it's, it's funny because when we do something spontaneous... We have our own rhythm. We have our own checklist, even when we're trying to do something spontaneous. I know that for me, um, when I try to do something fun and new, um, maybe it's a, a date night, I, I'm like, okay, today's going to be the exciting time. Now, first, I need to do this. I need to go to my phone. And I need to look up these restaurants. Then I need to go here and, and, and do this. And this is a, a spontaneous event, but yet it's still planned out for me. And uh, maybe you have a routine that's similar to that. Um, I've also noticed that Bad habits, bad routines, bad patterns are, are so easy to fall back into. And um, these good habits, things that uh, we strive for, are often so difficult. I think that for me, if I sleep in one day, uh, usually a Monday, um, but if I, I sleep in one day, the whole week it's, it's a struggle getting out of bed. Um, but if I want to get up and get started and, and get my day going and and get that pattern rolling, I have to be committed, and I have to do it for a couple of days before it starts to stick. Now, why is that? Um, I think that today uh, I, I really want to look at how these new patterns start and how we can start these new patterns, uh, and specifically how when we start new patterns, no matter what these new patterns are, we can use them to glorify God. And this is because new patterns allow us to see an unchanging God change our heart. And so new patterns allow us to see an unchanging God change our heart. Authentic patterning, uh, when we see an authentic pattern in our life, uh, it, it usually leads to transformation. And it leads to a shift in our heart. Um, and 
Transformation is actually, like I said, one of our values. It's the T in Acts. And actually tonight at Acts Antioch, I'll be speaking a lot more about transformation. And so if you're interested, 7 o'clock, rest is coffee. Um, but uh, it, it's not a bizarre concept. If you uh, wake up every day and you say, my new pattern is going to be, I'm going to, to read one verse of Scripture every morning before I go, um, eventually that pattern is going to cause transformation in your life. It's just a natural cause of repetitive action. Um, but before we encounter that transformation, we have to encounter that, that new perspective. We have to install that pattern. And so the only way we can gain that perspective is by committing and by seeing God's work in that, that start. So we're just talking, we're talking specifically about starting new patterns today. Not specifically about the patterns themselves, not specifically about the transformation, but we're starting way back at the start of transformation, or start of new patterns, sorry. And so we're seeing three parts of, of the start of new patterns, uh, no surprise. But uh, the first thing, we're going to see what God is already doing in our life. Secondly, we're going to look at how we surrender that control over to God. And then we're going to see how changing this new pattern and starting a new pattern will eventually affect those around you. So like I said, um, new patterns start when we recognize what God has already given you, what God has already placed before you. When we look back at uh, the church in the city of Antioch, um, looking at verse 20 and 21, it says, There were some of these men, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who, coming, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord." Some key context things here. So um, the city of Antioch was, was a Roman city. It was a, it was a Greek city. It was a, what would be called a Greco-Roman city. It was in this new region that the gospel had never traveled to. And so the fact that when, when these men, these uh, missionaries, arrived at Antioch, and some of them spoke to the Hellenists, which means the Greeks, um, when they spoke that new language, that was groundbreaking. That was, that was completely new because up to this point, uh, there was nobody that could reach these people because there was that language barrier. And so right away, you see that, that God is using these people who have that cultural intelligence of saying, I'm going to go into this new culture and I'm going to speak their language, literally speak their language, and I'm going to be able to communicate new things. Now, these people, it, it says that they didn't learn Greek too it, they didn't learn the language to minister. It was something that they already had within them. Uh, Martin Luther talked a lot about the idea of vocation. Um, vocation is a, a fancy word. It's Latin for calling. Um, and I think that a lot of us think that the idea of vocation or the idea of calling is limited to, to ministry. It's limited to pastoral work or worship leading. Um, but Martin Luther, his, his big platform, one of his big teachings was that vocation was for everyone. And the fact that, that God has prepared for you a ministry within your daily life and, and that God has a specific plan already set in place for what he wants to accomplish. Uh, there is a man named Jean Vieth who wrote this passage about um, kind of the idea of vocation. He says, A woman told me about getting involved in a Bible study that demanded strict commitment to the study of God's word. 
You should make the Bible your number one priority, she was told. That meant getting up early and the very first thing in the morning doing Bible reading and having quiet time with the Lord. Seems uh, simple enough. Um, but she did this, but her, consider, but her concentration every morning, but to her con- consternation, sorry, every morning, as she would start to read her Bible, the baby would wake up. She found herself resenting the interruption. Here she was trying to spend time with God, and her baby would start fussing, demanding to be fed and distracting her attention away from spiritual things. After a while, though, she came to understand the doctrine of vocation. Taking care of her baby was what God at that moment was calling her to do. Being a mother and loving and serving her child was her vocation, her divine calling from the Lord. She could read her Bible later. She did not have to feel guilty that she was neglecting spiritual things because taking care of her baby is a spiritual thing. And uh, I don't know about you guys, I've never been a mother, um, no surprise there, but I, have, I can relate to this passage. I, I think that a lot of times, especially um, people who, who grew up in a, a Christian context, uh, know that reading the Bible daily is an important thing. But we also know that life is pretty difficult and, and things get pretty busy. Um, I know for me specifically when I was in school, I couldn't imagine uh, having to get up an extra half hour to spend time in in devotion and prayer. And even when I did, it was either uh, half motivated because I was too distracted, too tired, or or too worn down from the previous day. Or if I did, I would be frustrated. And like this uh, passage, I would resent the fact that I had to be getting up earlier than I already did. And so what what Martin Luther is saying here and and what Gene is saying here and what I believe that the Bible is saying here is, is that our vocation, our calling, our designed work is meant to integrate with our existing lives. And so when we think about starting new patterns, it's not about jumping out and saying, I'm going to go out and do something completely different. When we start new patterns, the first thing that you need to do is recognize what God has put before you and what God has put in your life already. Second uh, Peter 1.3 says that, Uh, His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. This uh, verse was specifically impactful to me because I I realized that all these things that I was going after, all of these things that I thought that I would never be able to do, God has already provided for me. If God puts a task before you, he has given you everything you need in order to complete it. And so there's, there's no thing too great before you because God has prepared you exactly for that thing. Now, understanding what you are called to might be a a whole other journey in itself, but just take peace and comfort in knowing that if God wants you to do it, he will make it so. And so we recognize that these new patterns are are starting in the context that we already exist in, Um, but we also know that new patterns need to go in partnership with surrendering control to God. Imagine with me uh, that you are, are at the bank of a river, and across the river you see the campsite that you want to go, um, but there's a current in the river that is going through. Now you have two options. You can either try to cross the river and fight the current to get to your campsite, or you can go and you can go with the river and see where that takes you. And I think that is, is a lot of 
the context that we see in our life. Because in our life, we, we see that God has given us a vision or, or we see that God has something before us or we have a desire that is seemingly impossible to get to. And there are two ways to do it. We can either go and we can uh, try on our own power to go through this river, to go through our life and to, to fight everything that we have and cross this river. But I think that a lot of times we don't understand that uh, when we go with the river, when we follow what God has planned for us, there might be a, a more direct way. And now we don't know what this river has for us downstream. I think when we go with God's plan, it's not always going to be the quick and easy way. It's oftentimes a long way around. But when we go with this, this planned out thing, when we walk with the Lord rather than uh, trying to walk through the Lord... I think that we uncover truth in our own life. Yesterday, uh, the, the staff of Acts Church Antioch, we, we celebrated uh, our first staff retreat. And the, the big idea from the day was to, to see that the majesty of God, the greatness of God, the God that created the universe, also created us. He created every detail of our lives, and, and he is the one who sustains us and helps us complete the tasks that are before us. And so I, I believe in a God that has these intimate plans for us and, and gives us the tools for exactly what we need to accomplish these tasks. And so who am I to try to make my own plans? Who am I to try to do things my own way? Um, because ultimately, God still has that plan for us at the end. And so I think a lot of times we, we, we see this thing and we know that this is the goal that we have and uh, we believe that this is the goal that we have, but when we fight it in our own way, oftentimes we get pushed down and we miss the mark. But I know that when we are in unison, when we are going downstream, when we are embracing the steps that God has for us, things... Uh, go a lot smoothly, a lot more smooth. In Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. When I first read this passage, or when I first actually understood the vocabulary here, I was uh, a little bit put off. I didn't really understand this idea of being a sacrifice or even sacrificing my body to God. I thought that it was a little bit much, to be fair, and I, I didn't think that I could commit to that. I didn't think that I was able to fully offer my body to God. But with this context of, of Acts, with this context of God's plan in our life, I believe that what this is saying isn't as much as giving up and uh, ending your dreams. What it's, what it's saying is that you are surrendering control to God. And when you are surrendering that control, you are offering your body to go with God. And, and uh, like going with this image, uh, offering your body as a sacrifice is allowing for the stream, allowing for this river to take you the direction that God wants you to be. Because ultimately, God's plans are greater than our own. 
going back to the book of Acts in verse 23, uh, it says that Barnabas came, and, and when he came, he saw the grace of God, and he was glad. And he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. Uh, this verse specifically, I think when we are, are careful with the language, um, we see that Barnabas uh, encouraged these people, the church of Antioch, to remain faithful. Because he saw that that was the thing that they were, were doing so well. It wasn't the fact that they had the best communication. It wasn't the fact that they had the best organizational strategy. It wasn't the fact that they had the best youth ministry that the Greco-Roman world had ever seen. It was the fact that they were remaining faithful to God. They were surrendering that control. And so Barnabas' greatest encouragement to them, and the, the encouragement that we have today, is to remain faithful in God and allow for him to guide our steps in these, these new patterns and allow him to, to show us which direction to go. And when, when we do this, when we start new patterns, it doesn't take us long to, to recognize that new patterns start when we're no longer alone, when we're no longer isolated. I think that uh, we live, uh, well, I know that we live in an isolated, individualistic culture. And so a lot of times we think that change is an independent thing. But everything that we change, uh, no matter what, is affecting others. Um, Let's look at verses uh, 27 through 29. Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world. So the disciples determined... Yes, so the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. This was a change that they were having to make. Uh, this prophet, this, this man stood up and said, there are people who are going to be starving and they need our help. That's a change that affects everyone. And that attitude, just putting that idea before the church at that time, it causes a change in our own heart. Because if we choose to ignore these things, if they ch- chose to completely ignore the fact that people were starving and there was a famine, that would be a change. That would be an intentional change. It would be an intentional choice to ignore the problem. And so uh, the city of Antioch was at this place. It was, it was a cultural hub. And so it had the opportunity to go and, and to enter into a new life and, and to um, take in people who were Jesus followers take people in who, who knew the message of Jesus and to learn the cultural ways of Rome, to learn Greek, to learn the different things and be sent out. And that's ultimately uh, what we do as a church here. We are sending changed people into a changing world. Uh, that's one of our, our mission statements here at as an Acts church, is to send, send changed people into a changing world. And I think that a lot of times we, we recognize that first part, that we are changed by God, and that's a, that's a good thing. But also we need to recognize that there's a second part to that phrase. We exist in a changing 
world. And the world out, outside these doors is, is changing dramatically, and this change isn't happening in isolation. And so we, might, we may not have a specific famine in the city of Austin, but there is a need out there. And so together as a church, we come together and we, we recognize that there is, there's a different community that we are trying to reach. With uh, Axe Church Antioch, the, the purpose that, the reason that I, I named Axe Antioch, Axe Antioch, is because uh, I recognized that the world is changing. And I recognize that there's a lot of similarities between the, the, the city of Antioch and the city of Austin. And I get a lot of questions with that. I, right now, we are, our only service is an evening service. Um, in the next year, we want to have three different Antiochs in the city of Austin, meeting at different times during different, different parts of the week. Uh, I get a lot of questions about that in itself. I also get a lot of questions because um, I am staying here, and I, I'm not going to seminary. I'm bringing seminary to me. I'm doing a distance learning program, and so that in itself is different. And so... People ask me, why are you doing X, Y, Z? Why are you doing all these different things? And, and my response to them is that the world is changing, and with it, uh, we also need to approach that change. There's a new pattern in the world. This community has a new pattern. We know that God designs community. That's not something that is, that is uncommon to us. We talk about that here at Acts and um, but the way that community gathers, the way that community comes together is completely different than it's ever been before. We know that we have an unchanging God. And that's not going to change. I'm not going to these people, I'm not going into this community and presenting them with a new God. And I'm not trying to, to pretend that God is anyone else or anything else that that he's ever been, but the way that we gather, the way that we meet, the way that we form patterns has to be different. And so when, when new patterns happen in our life, these things are infectious, whether it's a good pattern or a bad pattern. Uh, just take, for example, let's, let's just say that um, you, as a person, have decided to read the Bible every morning, just uh, one verse every morning um, for the next month. Now, this is just a simple pattern, um, and it's something that is, is, is a challenge. It's something that is hard to commit to. But this change, this new pattern, will affect the way that you approach your work life. It will affect the way that you uh, encounter relationships. It will affect the way that you, you see your family. It might not be an outer change at first. It may just be an internal change and transformation. Um, but these changes, these things, these small patterns that we start, start a revolution. And the great thing, the, the most wonderful thing that we can do in our vocations, no matter what it is, is when people ask you why. Why are you so, so pleased? Why are you so faithful? Why are you so hopeful? Maybe there's a lot of stress at work. Why are you, you so grounded? Why isn't this affecting you? And they ask you why. I know that it is one of my greatest joys to answer that question. 
because of Jesus. It's because that we know that we have this foundation. We know that we are, are not starting things in isolation. We are not uh, alone in our, our walk with life. We have this perspective. We have this vocation. We have this idea that, that God is first and God has made you to be here. And ultimately, when, when making new patterns, when starting new patterns, we are just reflecting the great pattern starter. We are reflecting Jesus. Jesus made new patterns, which ultimately led to our salvation through him. Jesus first used his, his current situation. He recognized that he was fully human and fully God. That was his current situation. And he recognized that he had an opportunity to be fully man. And so he walked through this life as God and as man. And he didn't use his divinity, he didn't use his godliness to put others to shame, but rather to invite them in. And ultimately, we know that Jesus surrendered all. He surrendered all of his, his, his pride and, and his godliness to suffer on a cross. The ultimate surrender, the ultimate humility, an undeserving death. And then because of that, we, we know that, that, that Jesus proved that God's love was for all of us. That change that happened, Jesus' sacrifice for us was not a change that happened in isolation. And thanks be to God for that. In Matthew, uh, one verse that is, is very... Uh, challenging, I guess, if you look at it quickly. It says, um, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Gabe was actually the first person that brought this up to me uh, in the context of church planting and in the context of ministry, and it's also in the context of, of starting new patterns. Uh, usually we see in the Bible especially that the image of a serpent is a negative image. But here it's being used as a positive image, something to be modeled after. And that's because when we are making new patterns, when we are starting new things, be creative. Go out and, and make a change and do it strategically. But do it for God. Recognize that when we are starting new things, when we are going out and we are, are changing our life, when we are, are surrendering all to God, do it so that the, the extent of his glory is made known. And that's the, the innocent as doves part is, is so that when you're making these changes, when you're starting new patterns, when you're starting new things, people look at you and there's no transparency. They don't see this, this sneaky snake. They see this dove. They see this innocence. They see the image of God. And so today, I, I invite you to look at Jesus, to look at the patterns in your life, to recognize that you are in a position to start a new pattern, to start a new way of looking at life, to start a new way of approaching the gospel, to start a new way of approaching your neighbor, and to take that first step. Because when we, when we start these new patterns, when we start these new things in our life, these new patterns allow us to see that unchanging God change hearts. And you'll be surprised to see that the first heart that's being changed is your own. Would you all please play with me?
God, we come to you today in surrender. We come to you today uh, with the knowledge of, of your love. God, we recognize that you went out before us and, and you created our lives. And uh, God, even before in the beginning, you knew who we were and you knew the purpose that you had for us. God, today, help us to surrender our control to you and allow us to just live our lives with your guidance and, and to walk with the Lord rather than through the Lord. God, help us to trust you and, and help us to walk boldly with you. And ultimately, God, just allow our hearts to be transformed through this process because, God, we know that we need this new perspective. We need these new ideas uh, to return to you. We thank you for your son who is that ultimate surrender, ultimate sacrifice, and ultimate savior. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.